Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christian Knapp. This is Selling the Mountains, a show about the booming mountain town real estate economy and unique personalities fueling it. Each episode is an insider's perspective on market trends, lifestyle, success stories, and the ups and downs of homeownership in the mountains. Christian Knapp is the former chief marketing officer of Aspen Skiing Company and a lifelong mountain town enthusiast. He is an accomplished marketing and sales leader who has worked for the top resorts in North America, including Aspen, Vail, Breckenridge, and Keystone. Currently, Christian is an independent consultant and principal at Moment of Truth, a boutique marketing firm specializing in brand development, strategic planning, and digital execution. All opinions expressed by Christian and podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the companies or clients they represent. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for real estate investment decisions. My guest today is Brittany Rockhill. Brittany was born and raised in Colorado and attended the University of Denver with a focus on international business and real estate. She moved to Aspen, Colorado in 2007 and has been living and breathing real estate ever since. Brittany began her trajectory by building a multi-million dollar rental business from scratch to complement selling real estate during the recession. And she has leveraged that experience to become one of the top producing brokers with Douglas Element. Brittany is known for her work ethic and dedication to getting results. She embraces technology to create a smooth and efficient buying and selling experience. Brittany embraces the markets that support Aspen across the country and around the globe. She has organized international sales trips to promote Aspen Snowmass and has closed transactions for clients from 13 different countries. In our conversation, we covered how diversifying your real estate business with different types of transactions can grow your business. How it's important to check all the boxes from a digital marketing standpoint, but it's easy to spend too much time chasing the next trending platform like TikTok and Clubhouse. Lastly, we talked about how a strong referral network, both from your existing client base and brokers from key feeder markets, is the most important marketing tactic for generating new business. I hope you enjoy this great conversation with Brittany. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Can you give us a simple thumbnail sketch of your career up until now? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I started my real estate career straight out of college, um, almost 14 years ago. I moved up to Aspen. Um, and when I got here, there weren't a lot of sales happening. So I actually was kind of thrown into cutting my teeth in the rental space as the market grew stronger and I gained experience. My sales career grew. And to this date, I've been the number one producing broker for Douglas Elliman in Colorado um, for the last few years. Looks like you went to college and, and you actually majored in real estate and this has always been a focus for you. What was your inspiration for getting into real estate? You know, I, I wanted to work in a dynamic environment um, that impacts people's lives. And when I was in college, I never thought it would take shape quite in the way that it has. Being a real estate broker wasn't really on my radar in college, but everything has a way of working out. And <laughs> I love the work that I do and the people that I have the opportunity to interact with. So Aspen's a very competitive real estate market. There's a lot of brokers here. There's a lot of people that have different focuses. How would you define your niche in this market? You know, I, I have the good fortune to be a full-time real estate professional, which not everyone has that opportunity. You know, I'm really, I'm really dedicated to my clients. And as far as a niche, like I, I speak Spanish. Um, I'm very interested in international travel and 
culture. Um, so that's something that maybe is a little bit different from a lot of the people that are here. You know, I would say my dedication to my clients and the preparedness that I have when someone shows up and tells me what they're looking for, that I can find that and bring it to fruition for them um, is, is really what I do. Well, it's obviously translated into success uh, in a fairly short amount of time. A lot of the brokers here have been doing it for a long time. So you're, you're you know, relatively new to the market. What do you attribute all the success to? You know, I, I have a very strong work ethic and a very supportive referral network of friends and clients. So if people are, are willing to entrust me with their real estate decisions, um, I give it you know, everything that I have. You are one of the few brokers in Aspen that participates in virtually every type of real estate transaction. You know, as we were talking before we got on here, you do luxury sales, you do commercial, uh, you do long-term and vacation rentals. That is not the case for a lot of the brokers. They tend to focus on one area. Why are you, why do you have so much stuff going on in so many different transactions versus your counterparts? You know, I think some of that has to do with the timing of when I came into the industry. You know, you you had to hustle if you wanted this to be your full time job. Um, and I I think I just was raised with that work ethic and hustle. Like I don't I don't say no or I can't. You know, I I figure out a way if someone comes to me and says, "Hey, I'm looking for a unicorn in a haystack." You know, I'm going to go find that for you. And I I don't know any other way to behave other than to make it happen. Unicorn in a haystack. That's a good. That's a good <laughs> analogy. Um, I think right now you're you're, you're going to have to find a lot of unicorns around here with the market depleted like it is. Yeah. No. I I completely agree. This is 2021 is going to be the year of off market sales and digging. I mean, I'm I'm actively doing that. I have some things under contract that aren't even in the MLS right now. You know, always looking for things for for clients. So if you're a new broker or new to a market, you know, is it how important is it to diversify what you're doing in, in branching out from residential or doing rentals uh, in a market like Aspen or a mountain market? You know, I think I think it depends on the personality and kind of the the style and what people want. You know, if I'm not working 12 hours a day, I don't really know what to do with myself. So I you know, it it works well for me. It's definitely not for everybody. Um, specific to the rentals business. I can tell you for new brokers, it's kind of like trial by fire. Um, you either you know, cut your teeth in that business, learning how to negotiate, getting a really strong skill set of matchmaking, listening to what clients want and knowing the inventory, <clears throat> being able to make those connections and persevering, problem solving. You know, if, if everything goes well, you could end up with a really good network if everything goes poorly, you may decide that this isn't a business that you want to be in. <laughs> so there's a, it's better to know sooner than later, I think, on that. Just so listeners can understand a bit, you know, the luxury vacation rental business is big here in Aspen and many, you know, leisure destinations. Can you just help us understand a little bit how that works uh, as a broker? Yeah, I mean, we, we co-op inventory. So much like a property is listed for sale, it will be listed for rent in the MLS. You can still search for that home. Um, it gets fed out in different websites so that there's a broader reach. You know, I represent some homes that are over $50 million that are available for rent. 
And so creating, you know, a, a buzz around that, just like you would for a sale is a similar process to listing a property for, for rent and sale. You know, the, the contractual process is obviously different from a sale, but it's, it's also a, a pretty intense contract. And then the, the whole customer service support and, you know, making sure that people have a good experience while they're here. You have a, a short window to make a good impression and make sure that everything goes smoothly um, and that they want to come back, you know, the next time that they think about Aspen, they, they want to call you. And that's pretty important for your pipeline of clientele, I'm assuming. So the, the rental, does the rental business often translate to a future client or a future transaction? You know, I would say it's not a, a common occurrence. Oftentimes people that are renters are, are going to be lifelong renters. You know, people that maybe rent for, for a few years and then decide they're ready to, to take on a sale. Um, you know, that, that has happened, but it's not, it's definitely not a, a plus B equals C kind of equation. <laughs> you, ha- you represent some properties that are valued north of $50 million for rent. What does a nightly rental expense look like for a property of that magnitude? You know, we're talking 15000 a night you know, with a seven to 10 night minimum in general, I think that's, that's a pretty decent ballpark. I mean, it can, it can go higher, um, but that's, that's probably a minimum. So we've talked in a lot in the podcast so far about how 2020 finished up and kind of how the second half of the year accelerated and to the point where the average, the sales exceeded $3 billion for the first time ever here in Pickin County. How did 2020 finish for you? Um, so 2020 for me was a, a record year, which, you know, was fast and furious and sleep deprived and great. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, one of the coolest things about last year was getting to meet this whole new influx of community members and people that were, have always been drawn to Aspen and finally were, you know, ready to make the move, whether they were moving their families here or whether they were, you know, taking up residence for maybe just a couple of years to try it out and just switch it up. But it's been, it's been really neat to see the, the new inflow to the community. What are you seeing in terms of design and architectural trends for your clients or your listings? Uh, what are people looking for these days? You know, I've seen a little bit more pushback on the hardline contemporary um, that kind of came into vogue a few years ago. And, you know, people wanted all white and just clean lines and big glass. And now people are, you know, backing up a little bit on that, looking for things with a little bit more warmth, um, you know, a little bit more wood, things that still feel like mountain homes. Um, I would also say in the pandemic, you know, home offices have become very important. Home gyms, having, you know, multiple media rooms or living rooms for at home school and, you know, being able to kind of have more, more elbow room. That makes sense. So with the price points, the way they are, you know, with an average price of a single family home here in Aspen exceeding $11 million and, you know, similar things happening in other mountain communities in the West you know, what, what happens if you have a client and I know you, you know, one of the things that differentiates you as a broker is that you do work with clients of all different ranges and budgets. So if somebody comes to you with a budget that's say less than $2 million and wants to be in the Aspen area to take advantage of it, you know, how do you set expectations and how do you get them into this market? 
Yeah, I mean, everyone experiences sticker shock when they come to Aspen. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's it's an educational process. So we go out and we look at things that match their budget. And, you know, if we're looking under two, that's probably a one bedroom or a studio. If a, a fractional ownership meets their needs, you know, we discuss that route. But it's, you know, it's tough. And, and after we go through and they see, okay, you know, that's not really what I have in mind. Or actually, I realized I'm basically just going to sleep there because the rest of the time I'm going to be out, you know, cycling, hiking, fishing, you know, doing the activities in the mountains that I'm coming here to do. So I don't mind, you know, living in a, a smaller space because I want this location. You know, a lot of people come to that conclusion. People that don't, you know, we start to explore other communities like, let's go talk about snow mass. Let's talk about old snow mass. How do you feel about basalt? Like, if if a house is really what you're looking for, then let's find the place where we can make that match. That makes sense. So let's shift gears a bit into some of the tools of the trade. So you certainly have embraced social media. You have one of the largest followings of any broker in the Aspen area. How important is it to have a large digital presence, uh, to reach both new clients and to have that continuing two-way conversation um, going forward? Yeah. I mean, I, I stay in touch with my clients through social media. Um, I think it's kind of a, a backdrop, you know, when people want to learn more about you or, you know, they're, they're jonesing to see firsthand what the powder day looks like in Aspen that they heard about, you know, on the news. <laughs> um so I think it's it's an important tool. It's definitely not the only important tool in the toolbox. I mean, I would say there's there's so many platforms that are coming out right now. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything. You know, we were just talking about Clubhouse and how that's like the new thing that everyone is is talking about right now. You know, TikTok is up and coming in the real estate world. I'm still an Instagram fan, so that's kind of my my easy go-to. But I would also say, you know, as, as tempting as it is to just push out content and try and, you know, be ever present on every platform for my brand and, and who I am and what I do, authenticity is really important to me. So I make decisions, you know, based on the situation and on the clients. And we may have just had some very Instagrammable moment, <laughs> but if it doesn't feel right for me to post that and share that with the world, then I don't share it. So it's kind of a, a balancing act to make those decisions, continue to be present and communicative, but not like overshare. Finding that work-life balance can be really challenging, uh, especially with the demands of social media, clients calling you 24 seven. How do you, how do you approach that? And how do you find that balance? You know, when I find it, I would love to tell you. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting because um, several of my clients have become very good friends. So uh, I think that's also something that's different in real estate from like a, a nine to five profession. You know, this stuff keeps people awake at night. Like they are having conversations after they put the kids to bed and they want to talk to me because they just had this epiphany and they need to know the answer. Or they're not going to be able to sleep. So I make myself available. You know, I, um, I understand that we're, we're dealing with big decisions and big dollars and, you know, I'm the trusted advisor. So I, I'm available. What other marketing tactics are really working for you and your personal brand these days? 
Um, <laughs> you know, I would say there's no replacement for a referral network. I mean, you can have all of the video content, the blogs, the website, the Instagram, the newsletters. I mean, I, I do all of the things, but I think the most important thing really comes down to, to relationships, you know, creating an experience for people that they would want people that they care about to have. So, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity over the summer to work with a family and from that family came a brother, a sister, parents, like it, it grew exponentially. And I think that that's, that's the, really the most valuable thing that can happen. When you say referral network, do you mean primarily your client base plus their friends and family and word of mouth and as you described, or is there other referral networks that are more formalized or through Douglas Element that you tap into to build your network? Yeah, I actually, I work a lot with referrals from other markets, you know, the Aspen feeder markets, Douglas Element is very present in, um, you know, they're potentially still the top brokerage um, house in New York, which is a huge feeder market for us. They're in LA, they're in Florida, Chicago, Texas. So these are all brokers with client relationships that are, you know, shooting people into Aspen. Um, and they, they want to know that they're going to be in good hands. So there's nothing better than having those relationships, you know, within our company, which really is like a family. And that extends you know, outside of the company, I have relationships with brokers that aren't Douglas Elliman brokers um, in the markets where we we don't exist, and still have a very successful referral network there. Are those non Douglas Elliman referral networks or refer other brokers that you work with? Are those formalized relationships or those informal? Yeah, I mean, they're I would call them friendships, and then you know, when a client gets involved and passed on, then there's a formality that takes place. But it's not, it's not like an exclusive, um, anytime that they refer someone, they have to refer someone to me, or I have to refer someone to them. In that sense, it's not a formal situation. But we do, you know, come to an agreement on how the logistics will work. So, you know, you really craft and fine tune your trade, it sounds like, you know, and I, I really appreciate how much you're spending time in, in looking at these other new avenues such as Clubhouse and TikTok and podcasting and blogs and all these different avenues. How do you approach continuous learning and where do you go to educate yourself uh, to continue um, improving how you broker? Yeah, you know, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. So I think my greatest times of reflection are when I have an opportunity to be in another market. You know, COVID has kind of shifted that obviously in the last year, but my international partner um, that Douglas Elliman has a relationship with is Knight Frank. So Knight Frank is based in the UK, but they have offices all over the world and they host the top performing brokers from Douglas Elliman in the US once a year abroad. So I've been in London with them. I was in Dubai with them. Um, we were supposed to be in Italy last year, but obviously that didn't happen. And it's a really unique opportunity on these trips because I have the opportunity to talk to you know very successful brokers in other markets. And we kind of trade tips and tricks and, hey, have you tried that? And, you know, oh, I, I really want you to meet this client. They come to Aspen all the time. Or, you know, that, that whole interaction is really a priceless experience. Okay. 
we talked a little bit about COVID and how that's changed um, the buying process and the ability to travel and learn and entertain. Um, does Do things feel different for you right now here in town or is it starting to uh, become more normal? Yeah. I mean, I was showing property yesterday to someone who I've been corresponding with for a few months and it's a little bit of a bummer, you know, that we're meeting for the first time with masks on and in separate cars and it's just not the the connected experience that I'm used to providing and and having when I meet someone face to face. So that's I'm I'm more used to it now, but it still is a bummer, you know, when we're we're driving in between properties and I'm calling on the phone to say, "Okay, look to your left. This is <laughs> this is what that is. Look to your right. That's what this is." Um so it's, you know, we're, we're evolving, um, but it's, it's a little bit of a bummer that we're doing things differently. What's your impression of how town feels? You know, we're, we've obviously peaked, hopefully, in terms of COVID cases locally, and seems like we're headed in the right direction there. And, you know, the restaurants have reopened for in-person dining. And I know you, you live and work in town. So what's, it, what's the feel like right now? You know, it's strange when you see parking downtown, it's concerning because that means that you know people aren't lining the streets and filling our stores and on the mountain skiing. I think the upcoming President's Weekend, we're going to have a, a good influx of people that come to ski, especially with the new snow that's falling. You know, March, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll, we'll be strong. And then I think we're going to have a, a very bullish summer. So, you know, fingers, fingers crossed, things will continue to go strong. No, I think that's a good prediction. I have a feeling that the next couple of months will be much stronger on the ski mountain, as, you know, especially as people are getting more comfortable with traveling and uh, as national COVID cases are dropping. I think that will bode positively for the market in the mountain towns and people's willingness to travel here and a little bit looser on the restrictions, hopefully, and, and a more normal experience while they're here. Um, do you have any current listings uh, you're particularly excited about you want to tell us about? I actually, I have a, um, a brand new remodel that was just completed. That's three bedrooms, three baths, walking distance to everything downtown. It's in the Villager. I don't know if that building rings any bells for you, but it's right before you cross the Roaring Fork, Aspen Mountain Views. They've already gone through you know, the year of construction, permitting, picking out all the finishes, going through the, the whole remodel process to bring it out to a really beautiful product. So I'm, I'm excited about that listing. We're getting a lot of showings and we're listed for 4.8. So that's, that's one that I'm, I'm hoping is going to go before the end of ski season. Now, do you get involved in the process of the remodel uh, with, your, with a potential client? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say one of the important things that people you know, look to you as a, a local professional um, is leveraging other local professionals. So, you know, who's give me three really good architects, give me three really good builders, you know, give me like, who's your favorite for this? What do you think about that? So I definitely, you know, get the process rolling for people or with people um, to give them some ideas on, on who they want to talk to and how to get, get things started. And then, you know, I, I generally step back after that, but that's, I'd say that's a big plus of working with, you know, a, a local.
you know, we talked a little bit about some of your extensive travels before COVID anyways, um, organizing international sales trips to promote Aspen and your practice here has been important to you. And you've actually closed transactions with clients from over 13 different countries. Can you give us a little bit of insight into, you know, how you approach international customers? Obviously it's been challenged this year with um, very limited international travel, but what's the importance of these missions and what do you generally get out of them? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really fun um, to be the spokesperson for Aspen. You know, people are, are generally really excited um, if they've ever been here or if they've, you know, we get a lot of dumb and dumber quotes, unfortunately. <laughs> it is what it is. Always. Uh, <laughs> as, as I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, it's a really lovely position to be in to have the opportunity to go and talk about the place that I live and love and sell um, and get people excited to come and visit, you know, from kind of planting that seed to maybe having them come and stay and check it out to, you know, a couple of years down the road. Now they're interested in buying something, you know, traveling internationally. I'm, I'm bilingual in Spanish. So that's super fun. If I get to do everything that I love and I get to do it in Spanish, that's super fun for me. <laughs> so um, that's, that's been a highlight of, of my career um, and something that definitely, you know, differentiates me from other brokers here. Let's talk a little bit. So you have some, you have Latino clients predominantly from Mexico, I would assume, or where are they coming from? I mean, I've worked with people from Colombia, Bolivia, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, um, but predominantly Mexico. Yeah. So somebody from Mexico City that's looking for a place in Aspen comes to you, what are they generally looking for out of their real estate transaction? You know, it depends. In a lot of places, you know, the walking and bike culture is not really an option. So when you come to Aspen and you have the ability to like let your kids go to the park on their own and you know ride bikes to go grab pizza, um, hang out at the skate park, like these are things that we often take for granted that in you know other parts of the world are not commonplace. So that's that's definitely got a great appeal for for families. No, yeah, in my experience too, yeah, just the safety of the mountain communities is a big factor uh, for visitors from Central and South America, for sure. Um, having that ability to, you know, just be out in the mountain and not, not have to worry and look over your shoulder um, is, a big, is a big deal for them. H how has that changed this year with COVID? Obviously, we're not seeing nearly, if any, uh, international visitors as much. Uh, are you still talking to some of your clients? Are they able to visit or have they taken the year off? Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people actually came and stayed for several months, um, you know, depending on where they were coming from, it was likely worse where they were. So this was kind of a refuge to work remotely and, and do school remotely and, and be here. Um, so I've still seen, you know, a lot of a lot of my clients that are international this year. Shifting gears from international to domestic, where do you, where do the predominantly, where are your clients from in the United States? You know, I would say the main, main feeder markets, you know, Florida, we get a lot from LA, uh, Texas, New York, a little bit of Chicago. You know, I've had a few like Midwest people. Um, I don't know why I don't count Chicago as Midwest. <laughs> Chicago seems like such a city, um, but outside the city, 
And yeah, I'd say those are, are definitely the, the dominant locations. So a lot of people that are buying in Aspen probably, you know, they're, this isn't their primary residence. So they're, like you said, they're coming from one of the major cities or feeder markets. Do you find they own vacation homes in other places as well? Yeah. I mean, the, the marriage of the mountains and a warmer climate is pretty common, you know, whether it's someone from New York that has the house in the Hamptons and then their ski house here in Aspen or, you know, in Texas, maybe they have their ranch home where they go for hunting and then they come, you know, to Aspen to get out of the heat. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's very common for, for multiple homes and actually boats. That's another big one. I'm finding a lot of my clients have, you know, yachts. So that's their, their other residence. Where do the yachts typically, are they in Florida, Florida based or elsewhere? No, I mean, they, they kind of have a life of their own. So they, they charter them out. You know, a lot of my clients will spend time in Europe on the boat and then come to Aspen for a portion of the summer. You know, the boats go wherever, wherever they want to go. And a client that comes to Aspen, you know, do they 100% know they want Aspen and this is, this is where they're going to buy or are they considering other mountain communities? You know, I would say the majority of people that come here have some sort of tie, like they came here when they were children or, you know, some family member, or some important event, something struck a chord with them that has, you know, really touched their heart and brings them back here the the people that are coming that are kind of shopping markets that might be between like here and Jackson Hole or Deer Valley they tend to be more like price sensitive you know you're not you're not buying in Aspen if you're super price sensitive like you're coming here because you understand the town you understand the culture you understand you know everything that Aspen's bringing to the table and you're likely not just here you know based on the ski mountain so just a little bit more just to to unpack that a little bit what you know you mentioned the culture the ski mountains important obviously that's a big driver the summers are amazing here and and people are discovering that but what you know what is it about the mountains and aspen that's really attracting them you know i think some of it depending on where they're coming from is like the safety especially with all of the unrest that the us has seen in the last year i think people have a real appreciation for being able to, you know, hike and, and live a pretty peaceful existence in the mountains. So that that's definitely a driving factor. You know, we're a very health forward community. So I think as people have had more time to work remotely and kind of transform their lives, they may be checking in on their health and realizing, you know, I feel a lot better if I get out and hike for an hour every day. And if I'm not sitting in traffic and I can actually, you know, walk to and from the hiking trail, like this is my ideal lifestyle. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of lifestyle decisions, I would say is redirecting people on, on where they want to live. What goes into that health forward mentality and, and, you know, that Aspen allows, is it, is it more than the, you know, earlier in our conversation, we talked about the home gym and the ability to, you know, find trails and have access and not have to get in a car to do stuff. And in the mountains is is really important factor, but what else, what else is important in a health forward lifestyle? I, I love the basis of the Aspen Institute and what happened here in the 1940s, the idea behind mind, body, spirit. And I think that that still carries 
true for people that have a connection here and feel at peace. Like I've had so many people say like Aspen is their happy place. And I think it's a culmination of a different mindset, you know, a different setting in the way that people interact, you know, like there's, there's kind of a, a gentleness and an openness and a, an exploratory spirit um, that exists here that I think people are, are very drawn to. Okay. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and get into more, you know, who you are. Um, the section I call a few favorites. What is your current favorite recreational pursuit? Ooh, um, you know, aside from skiing, uh, I got a road bike this year. So although it's out of season at the moment, um, that was prompted by a client who was decided we were going to sign up for a race and I did my first cycling race. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm kind of hooked on that and I'm, I'm looking forward to the weather warming up so I can get back out on my bike. How do you prefer to entertain an important client when they come to town? You know, I, I love being able to be a part of a new experience for someone. So depending on the client and what their likes are, um, you know, doing something that they haven't done. So that could be skinning, that could be cloud nine, that could be, you know, a new restaurant, just kind of customizing that to what that person would be into. In terms of restaurants, do you have a few favorites in town? Um, you know, I love Cash Cash. I think they do such a great job, you know, being locally owned. I'd love to support them and and they never disappoint. Um, meat and Cheese is is a great one too. I love that, you know, Wendy sources things locally and and there's only one meat and cheese, which I think is is cool. You know, all the all the other usual suspects like Matsu and you know, people are, are never disappointed when they have a Nobu experience. So, you know, Casa Tua is the standby for me. Um, that's such a beautiful atmosphere. You know, clients love to go in there. So yeah, we're, we're fortunate that we have so many good culinary choices. You've traveled extensively, um, obviously grew up in mostly and spent most of your life in Colorado, but you have had the opportunity to travel at. If you are going to travel and maybe not during COVID times, what is your favorite place to travel to? Ooh, um, you know, I had such a fun travel year right before COVID. I'm so grateful <laughs> for that. But I, you know, I really appreciate experiencing different cultures. So, you know, going far, far away <laughs> is kind of my ideal scenario, which doesn't mean that I'm not working. I actually, I was cruising down the Nile in Egypt and sold a property in Woody Creek but like a year and a half ago. <laughs> so um, the internet is everywhere. And that's, you know, one of the amazing things about my job. But yeah, I would say, you know, Asia is definitely on my hit list when things open up again. There's a lot more in South America that I would really like to, to explore, including Bolivia. I think that's probably going to be my next, my next outing. So looking forward to that. Is there a nonprofit or a charitable cause that you get behind? Uh, you know, we have so many amazing nonprofits in our town. I would say, you know, with current events, um, Aspen Family Connections has been doing such a good job with the food bank and really stepping up to the plate for our local community through all of the COVID challenge and people being out of work and, you know, making sure that that our community is fed and cared for. Um, so I, I give huge props to them. In terms of business 
in the pandemic currently impacting everybody's life, but seemingly heading in the right direction. What's your prediction for how 21 will unfold in a community like Aspen? As far as the real estate market or as far as like community? Yeah, I think kind of business and and sort of, you know, COVID and how that's going to change heading into the summer. I think there is, um, there's light at the end of the tunnel, I hope. And we were so fortunate last summer to have so many people flocking here to live the outdoor lifestyle and participate in the activities that we have at our fingertips here. I think, you know, this coming summer is going to be very similar where people are, are happy to be outside and dining outside and, you know, having their hikes and golf and all of the fun things that people can do without having all of the concern um, that's, you know, still in play right now. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we make it there and it's, it's good for everybody. All good. Well, and how can listeners learn more about you and your real estate practice? Um, so you can visit my website, brittanyrockhill.com, or you can follow me on social media. Um, Instagram is brittany.rockhill.aspen. I do spell my name differently, so that throws some people off. <laughs> um, but maybe that can go in the show notes, whatever's easiest. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Selling the Mountains. You'll never miss an episode if you subscribe or follow the show. If you liked what you heard, please leave a short review and share it with a friend. For more information about Selling the Mountains, including feedback, suggestions, or sponsorship opportunities, please visit sellingthemountains.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can follow the show on Instagram or Facebook at Selling the Mountains. You can follow the host on Twitter at Christian Knapp or on Instagram at Napstagram. This show was produced in collaboration with Dustin H. James at Podborder. Selling the Mountains is a production of Moment of Truth, LLC. All rights reserved.